0: Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health Podcast, and my guest is Jason Andrew. He's the CEO of Limelight Health, and the website itself is limelighthealth.com. So, Jason, thanks for coming.
1: Absolutely, Richard. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, so putting what you do into the limelight, you know, to make a bad joke, uh, what, tell me about the company. What's the the premise of it?
1: A great joke. I love it. In fact, uh, you know, people ask us often where we came up with the name and the idea from our industry was that we keep you in the limelight, which also was an equally bad joke. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, we, uh, we, we started in 2014 and we're a SaaS-based enterprise platform that does uh, underwriting, quoting, and proposals for the employee benefits industry. Um, we actually started um, selling a multi-carrier product that did quoting a lot like you would if you're a consumer if you went online and were trying to purchase um, health insurance like an e-health or something but uh, it was sold to brokers mm-hmm. that are selling to employers and we've um, since really shifted our focus we've spent a lot of time focusing on um, helping um, insurance carriers that sell medical dental vision life disability and voluntary products rate those products um, and get them out more efficiently through the distribution
0: so what's the issues right now? I would think if you're a broker, you know, you have access to like the latest and greatest and you can see everything out there, or is that not the case?
1: It's definitely not the case. Uh, it's what I tell people is we're still operating um, probably like around 1985, when we employed. Um, we're known for having, you know, the, the lowest NPS scores of, of most industries. And it's mostly either manual processes, a lot of email, Excel, and then typically, a um, lot of our customers uh, were coming in and replacing um, an existing legacy system, and a lot of times they're, um, you know, 20, 30 years old or, or more. Oh wow, huh. Yeah. So what's
0: the uh, the holdback? Is the industry just the I don't know, gun shy back to technology, or why is it so antiquated?
1: It's a great question. You know, we we've, we've done a lot of work, um, and I mean, when I say a lot of work, I'd like to do more. But we've had a number of initiatives with folks like the National Association of Insurance Commissioners, another one called Lima, which is an industry organization that works in the benefit space to come up with some standards for, you know, data transfers, um, much like you see in telecom or in banking and other, um, verticals. But it's been very slow moving. And I, I don't know, uh, why those are all the reasons, but, um, it's, I think it's been a combination of, um, not a lot of an incentive uh, I think there's been some substantial changes, you know, more recently and we're seeing some uh, pretty cool stuff takes place and, and some real, um, shifts and, you know, a little bit more slow going, but it's probably, you know, but then a blend of kind of not a lot of incentive uh, to, you know, making some changes or standards that might require, um, you know, some work from a legislative standpoint, uh, to kind of enforce it or, or push the issue. And then just, I think some of the top carriers getting together and agreeing, um on on some standards but um but it's been a it's been quite a road the folks have been working on it for you know a couple of decades
0: hmm. okay so what do you see as some of the things that need to be improved in the system to make it better like what are you working on
1: well bigger picture i mean if i had you know all, all my dreams come true in this industry it'd be having a, a set of um standards it'll probably take somebody you know to build out some middleware that can kind of pull it together, but you know what takes place is um, you've got lot, you know three, four, five systems that each uh, insurance carrier, um, brokerage firms, and others that are getting these products to employers in the U.S. Um, don't talk to each other, uh, and so even having a standard set of kind of APIs, um, a standard set of, of protocols for how you would transfer data, it makes scaling and uh, improving the front end uh, UI or UX for different software a lot more difficult, where you end up spending a lot more time having to connect to different disparate systems than you would typically just innovating on what you think can really make a big difference on some of the more important things, right? Where you want to get into how do we take the data uh, that we have and, and start learning on it? And how do you uh, help you know systems to make better decisions around pricing and underwriting and, and product selection? For all of us that are using those products, right? Um, so I think um, that's kind of aspiration. What we'd love to see is, is kind of some kind of set there. But until it happens, there's a lot of cool stuff that's taking place. Uh, we've built our platform on, you know, in the in the cloud. It's all API driven, and we're making lots of different connections and then starting to use that data in a way to to do some of those things. But it's um, you know always goes a little slower than I would like it to go.
0: Well, so what's uh, what's an example that you've seen? You know, now that you're connecting this data and using APIs and everything, what's jumping out at you versus before? What are you able to see that other people can't see?
1: Well, I think there's some pretty exciting stuff taking place when it comes to how you rate certain products. So, uh, for example, you know, there's there's new data sets that we're starting to tap into, and we're working on a couple of prototypes where you can use those data sets to come up with pricing. So if you traditionally go and apply for a life insurance policy or a dental policy through a group, there's usually um, health questionnaires or long applications, and you know it takes a lot more time to both price those and just go through it, and no one enjoys that process. But we're working on some ways that you can take a, a number of data sets, connect to those via API, just with two or three pieces of information, and actually come up with a very reasonable and actually predictive pricing, um, which one, you know, hopefully what we would expect is that you actually get better at at pricing products. And and two, you're able to then begin to look at additional products that might be meaningful for somebody based on their life kind of stage. And Mm -hmm. I think thirdly just a better user experience for everybody, as well as, um, you know, kind of reducing the time it takes and, and for carriers and, and for everyone who's thinking about it, it's, you, you want to be able to get those products in front of you or I when they're meaningful and important at the right stage of life. And, um, but that, you know, that's more aspirational. So we're in the early stages of it, but there's some pretty cool stuff that I think we'll start to see as we get more and more of this uh, connected together.
0: So why can't this be used for individuals? You just want to focus on brokers or do you think that uh, it's not going to be helpful to individuals?
1: So a lot, uh, yeah, I mean, you're in the individual market, you are, and that's kind of what everybody would love to get to, right? I mean, you're in the individual market, there's a lot more of this taking place and a lot more of those standards are there. And and particularly like in auto insurance and life insurance, the individual market. But yeah, we started our business uh, in the group space, about half of or more of all of us in the United States get our employee benefits. So it's half the population through their group, through a company, The, the individual market, is actually the the smallest insured market when you think about health, dental, vision, life, disability, those mm. product lines. So um, everybody would love to get to the end user, the consumer, if you will, and uh, you're talking about, um, um, and so you're talking about, um, you know, literally being on. Um, how do you get to that end user at an employer, right? And and that's okay. everybody's kind of dream. Um, but we're kind of just building the pipes to help help make that a better experience when we get there
0: okay, so <clears throat> where are you at with uh, your product creation do you you have it up and running uh, where companies can look at this or what's what's the story
1: we do so we we've got uh, a number of customers we've been in production for about two years um, and and um, That's going really well, Uh, so right now we're we're raising another round of funding and we're going to continue to expand the product. Doing some of the things I'm talking about now, kind of what we have is the, the framework and still a lot of the things that I mentioned are being done by the user or manually, but we're starting to implement a lot more automation We'll start doing some of these are buzzwords because they're pretty early on, but you know, we'll do a lot more machine learning and then we'll start tapping into data sets. But, um, we have customers that are using our product and we're continuing to grow that. Um, and it's, and that's really about, um, helping with core system replacements, kind of the very basics. And a lot of these are, you know, often two or three year, um, deployments. Because um, you're you're replacing big systems with you know national and sometimes international customers.
0: All right. So what what are some what's going to be some of the first functionality on the system like the early stuff that uh, you think will be use, most useful?
1: Yeah. So what we have today, uh, we think is you know again it's it's a substantial improvement over kind of manual processes and some of the existing legacy systems. So you know the product's very considerable. You can deploy it, um, you know, depending on kind of what the workflow is. And it's everything from just intake of the data, which you'd use a census, which is going to have the demographics and the information on a group. So we're in the group market for employee benefits. So if there's a, um, a carrier that is selling, you know, dental, vision, life, disability, and those products, then we would help with everything from the census ingestion. Then once they have the information on the group, um, our platform will be configured to be able to help them arrive at a rate for those different product lines based on somebody designing a plan. So, you know, what's the coverage look like on the dental plan? How would you rate that? Our system does that. And then we have all the workflow. So a sales executive is typically working with a broker and an underwriter at a carrier who's typically working with that sales executive to get their product out to that distribution. Uh, and, and we have all the workflow built in. And then typically we're connecting to another, system like a Salesforce um, to help with their internal workflow. So all that is in production today and, and being used by a number of our customers. It sounds, I think, compared to probably some of the companies you talk to, pretty archaic. But again, that's how our industry is. So just having the workflow um, is, and, and some of those connections that allow for what I'd describe as a huge deal uh, and, a, and a step up from just, again, kind of the, the manual stuff that's being done today.
0: So uh, again, what are you able to see? uh now that you have this stuff uh you know up and running, is the what is the landscape of available plans and all that look like? Is it you know, I mean is it super inefficient? With there's a lot out there that people don't know about or companies don't know about, or is the market really just, you know, kind of a mess and you're revealing that? Or what do you see?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's pretty early on, I mean in terms of, you know, being able to take some of the data and the information we have to where you're going to see something meaningful from that standpoint so where we've started and and where our customers are using it it would be again if we're thinking about it from an enterprise standpoint which is really where we excel then um you know we take a big national uh, carrier customer and we're really uh, helping them to have a lot more visibility into how they design their plans um, and then how they actually get them out more efficiently so we're not seeing as much, um, you know, bigger data um, that's meaningful that we could come back to you and say, you know, here's things that we're seeing. But when it comes to one of our specific customers, um, they're picking up substantial efficiencies, being able to get greater visibility into their workflow and into the product creation and, and pricing. Well, I hope that answers your question.
0: Yeah, I just didn't know. I, mean, I guess another way to ask it is, you know, what surprises are out there for you? What do you see that's like, very unusual so far?
1: It's a great question. Um, I I think the thing that, you know, has been the most unusual if I think back to when we started the company and I've been in this industry for almost 20 years is actually just how antiquated almost everyone's systems are. Uh, uh, That may not be, you know, a huge revelation, but it was, it's been a big deal. Uh, The more and more that we meet with um, our prospective customers and carriers and we, um, talk through kind of what systems they have in place and what their work looks like, uh, I think it's been just surprising seeing um, how outdated that it really is uh, and and how slow the industry moves. Um, and, and so I think those two things uh, have been the most surprising. And so I, you know, I'm you typically on a lot of panels or talking to a lot of folks and particularly in tech there is all kinds of talk about some really cool stuff and everything you know, a lot of the podcasts that are on, on you know that you're doing right are on things that are yep. very future looking in terms of machine learning and AI and you know and how we're gonna be able to have um a lot of automation. And I just look at it and go, you know, we're we're several years away I think from seeing, you know, kind of meaningful stuff in the employee benefit space. Um, because it just of those two things, right? And and again, there's some great progress and movement, but it's um, that, that's been the most surprising thing, I think.
0: Hmm. Okay. So I guess in order to get to the machine learning and ex- sexy, exciting stuff, you still got to do the basics.
1: You do. And we think that's kind of sexy. I know not everybody does, but, uh, you know, we think you kind of lay the foundation and you some those things there, and it, it leads to, to a lot more of um, the stuff that is really exciting or what everybody's kind of talking about, right?
0: All right, so what's your rollout look like, you know, now and over the next year, like how many companies and, uh, you know, how many things are going on?
1: Yeah, so we've, um, you know, just from a customer acquisition and a and revenue standpoint, we've, you know, we doubled over the last couple of years uh, on both fronts. Um, we think that we'll do the same thing next year, uh, which means that from an enterprise standpoint, we'll probably see about six more um you know, very large customers come on um, and, you know, we're growing our team. We'll probably hire about a hundred people over the next year and we're at about a hundred right now. Um, so we'll double the size of our staff as well. So, um, you know, we've, we've been very excited about the way the market's responding to what we're doing. Um, we try to really build a great uh, relationship with our customers and continue to deliver our product, but uh, that's kind of a, a general overview of where we see things going.
0: All right. Very good. And what's the best way for a, um... For companies and uh, you know maybe people that work at companies to reach out, and see if they can get your platform to interface with what they got going on at work.
1: Yeah, best way you can go to our website and and submit something there. You can email me Jason at LimelightHealth.com. Happy to to respond there, but we've got a sales team and our marketing team that are uh, reaching out and very very responsive. if someone goes and and uh, takes a look at our website and then submits a request for a demo.
0: Okay. Well, very good. So it's uh, the website again, just so we have it. It's dot uh, com. Okay. Well, very good. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and, uh, yeah, I guess there's, there's still tons more work to be done. You're, you're at the beginning of it, but, uh, <laughs> health, health care and all that needs it desperately. So it's good that you're doing what you're doing.
1: Thanks, Richard. Appreciate you having me on.
0: You have been listening to Almost Here, around the corner future technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast both to review and discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.